Kodega is a guide and a storyteller, escorting you through the night, lighting the way, warding off thieves, ghosts, demons, and other oddities. Along the journey, his companions would often share with him the most curious of stories that he'd record in his codex. Perhaps you just might find yourself traveling with the Kodega and sharing one of yours. Good evening, and welcome to Codega's Codex of Curiosities. I'm your guide, Rye, and tonight's curiosity, we are jumping into UFOs. We have a great, uh, I would say, UFOologist, uh, Cheryl Costa, and she is going to lead us on a journey um, all about UFOs. She's written some books, and I think this is going to be fantastic. But before we get there, just some housekeeping to take care of. Click that like. Yeah. If you're new here, Subscribe and have the bell hit for notifications to stay up to date on all the new content. All right, that's pretty fast. Um, also, if you yourself have any stories or any amazing experiences you want to share, make sure you email me at codexofcuriosities at gmail.com. And you might be, be like Cheryl, sharing your stories and your experiences and your research. And I look forward to it. All right. Let's just jump into this. Let's bring Cheryl to the stage and uh, see what she has to say. Hello, Cheryl. How are you doing? Not bad, right? How's it, how's it going? I'm I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm so glad to uh, to have you on here. I know we've been talking for quite a while, uh, trying to get something organized. A little bit of a hiccup uh, there in the recent past, but uh, we got things sorted, and I'm so glad to have you on. I'm delighted to be here finally. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. So why don't, why don't you tell our listeners and our viewers a little bit about yourself and where they can find you? And if you've got anything that you want to promote, promote by all means, please let them know where they can find that as well. Uh, where you can find me. I, the hackers took apart my website a long time ago. Oh. Uh, I gave up the domain. It was uh, inhabited for a short period of time. <laughs> um, and then uh, by somebody, by another country. And now it is a Chinese porn site. You don't want to go there. It's just loaded <laughs> with computer viruses and frozens wow. and everything. You don't want to go there. No, no. But, you know, I find it quite interesting is that if I wasn't putting out such interesting information, why would people try and take over my site i had to rebuild my site about five times really yeah see when you start putting out information that keeps gets re people rattled um see do do you hear me being quoted in newspapers for the most part no 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 i have talked to 150 major newspapers in this country i'm a journalist you know and they won't publish my numbers they said mm. my god it will scare everybody is okay. isn't that the the thing that they always say oh we can't we can't release this to the public it'll cause it'll cause mass panic you know but yeah i i, I hear that a lot you know so yeah. i'm going little old me you know i'm gonna cause mass panic you know and now if i was really the evil person die all of you here comes the numbers you know <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I want to get only into people the numbers. People rolling too. over in their graves are my are my high school math teachers because I was the kid that I was 65, 65 
degree uh, grade point yeah. through most of high school and I flunked geometry. And when my first book of statistics came out, I'll pull it out here for you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's a white sure. book. It's called UFO Settings Desk Reference 2001 to 2015, available on Amazon. And when it first came out, uh, New York Times ran a nice big story for us on the uh, 24th, 25th of April, 2017. Wow. And the goofy thing is, Everybody looks at 2017 and they think of it as, uh, well, yeah, we had the A-tip reference. That was, that was disclosure. Well, actually that year there were three disclosures. Okay. There was the Obama era disclosure that occurred, uh, bear with me here. Um, uh, in, in the February, they released a whole bunch of declassified CIA documents. Okay. Okay. Now a lot of people went, Oh, yawn. Okay. But the New York times, they downloaded all of them. Uh, Ralph Blumenthal and his buddies, they downloaded all of them as did I. Now I was writing a column, New York skies for the Syracuse new times at the time. And I went over every single PDF. Oh my And one gosh. of the cute ones I looked at was there were, there was this paper by two OSI PhDs. These OSI is the C was the CIA scientific division. Oh, excellent. I did not know that. Uh, yeah. And this is like 1949, 1950. And they are arguing. Okay. There's this, they, they plotted about 130 sightings by month. Okay. Okay. And it peaked during the June, July, August timeframe. And in the margins, they are saying, is this summer madness? Is there some kind of meteor things going on? Is there some kind of asteroid things going on? Is it summer madness? What is it? Okay. But they only had about 139 data points. Okay. A couple of years when Linda and I came out with our information in 2017, we kind of giggled about it because we had 5,600 data points and it goes up like this. Okay, so it's it's following the same uh, the same trajectory, like the or the same uh, pattern. Yes, but we thought it was like that everywhere, and it wasn't. Northern states, it's the summer months when they peak. If okay. you move down to the middle level states like Virginia, Maryland, and go across the country, that peak comes down, and the baseline comes. And I'm trying to get my shoulders right. <laughs> baseline comes up. Okay, so it's when like get, it's starting to flatten out a little bit almost. Yes, it, uh, very flat, actually. And okay. when you get down to the deep south states, it's statistically flat, except there's a dip in the summertime. And we correlated that to it's too darn hot, hot to be outside. In the northern states, those okay. are the nice warm okay. months, and that's when you can go outside and see these things. Um, and February is the worst month anywhere in the United States for sightings. That so it, it's not necessarily that there's a lack of UFOs. It's just the lack of the people going out to be able to to see them, um, like who want to be outside. Yes. Now, so what what came out of our book? Okay, that was the first yeah. book. Yeah. And then five years later, during 2020, when we were all dressed up with no place to go. Okay. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Uh, I put out 20. I I, I sort of say it that way. I put out three books. <laughs> Wow. And one of them you was were busy. Thing. You were busy. <laughs> nothing better to do. Okay. <laughs> and people were complaining to me, you know, oh, 
Holy Cheryl, this, 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 we're all closed up. We can't do anything. I said, I spent seven years in a Buddhist monastery. Welcome to monastic life, you know? <laughs> You're like, I got this. This is uh, not. Yeah, this is cool stuff. Wow, the whole world's doing what I did, you know? So uh, it was, it was nuts. But okay, this is the second book that came out. We put it out in 2021. Linda and I only set out to measure a 20 year sample in the beginning of the 21st century. Okay. Okay. That was our target and analyzed the hell out of it. Okay. So this book, the pink book, uh, it's two and a half pounds, very thick. It's got all of our research studies. It's got charts, graphs, tables, every state, right down to the county level, charts and graphs, all kinds of stuff. Your, your, your high school math teacher would go bananas looking at this. <laughs> and when the first white book came out after the New York Times article, yeah, I got a couple of phone calls from people I hadn't heard from in almost 40 years from my high school class. Costa, wow. you were flunking math all through high school and you published a book <laughs> of statistics. <laughs> the irony, the irony. Uh, it, it's called, it's called maturation. Remember they taught us that topic. Everything kind of matures into things when it gets, when it's time. In it's my true. case, mathematics didn't make any sense to me until I was in my mid to late twenties. And then one day I was trying to balance my checkbook with a four banger calculator. And all of a sudden I got, I made a mistake and I started seeing patterns and the numbers. I just sat back in a being bed chair for the next three hours and played with <laughs> progressions of numbers and things, right? <laughs> Went out to a used bookstore, bought a couple of high school algebra books and literally retaught myself algebra and trig. Fantastic. Okay. That is fantastic. Hence, that doesn't hence, happen often. Yes. No, but. no, 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 no. So here, this is a book here. If you go on Amazon and look for UFM, Go Costa UFO in the book search on Amazon. You will yep. find all the books we've done. Now, these are our two big ones. And this pink one goes 20 years, 2001 to 2020. Mm -hmm. um, and it goes down to every, all, all 50 states, an analysis of all 50 states and ranks them. Okay. And goes down to the county level in every single state. Okay. Can I ask now, a question? Did you find any anomalies uh, by, you know, with all that? Uh, I, I know they are anomalies uh, to begin with, but was there any spikes at certain years, certain times that oh, were... Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Uh, I'll give you an example. People are always yes. talking about, where's the hot spots, Cheryl? Yeah, you know? Damn straight. Left. Okay, they always say Spill that. Spill the tea. Spill the tea. They're not where you think they are. Especially all these books that say, oh, wow, yeah, the, 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 you know, Indian Valley up there. They're the hot spot. And I just lost my headset. Just bear with me a moment here. No problem. No problem. I'm exuberant for some reason. I think it's too much sugar I ate about two hours ago. <laughs> me too. Actually, actually, I had a little too much sugar that I shouldn't have had. <laughs> I had a very rich supper and I was watching old episodes of uh, Star Trek Discovery. So, Fantastic. Know, I was geeking yes. out on it. Okay. <laughs> Let me tell you what we discovered. because. Yeah. One of the things is in 2008, there was some really strange spike things going on. Uh, it was that stuff down in Texas. We all hear about, uh, I'm going to draw a blank on the place. Um, I can't remember the name of the place off the top of my head. No uh, but Texas had a, a, a really heavy 
spiking area. In fact, uh, that TV series they just did their uh, uh, Alien Encounters done by okay. the Spielberg people on Netflix. Yes. Um, they, they investigated one thing. But if you step back and look at the numbers like we have, it didn't happen just in that one town. It happened in about 12 other communities in Texas. They just never got the press. Oh, wow. Okay. Interesting. I'll give you another one. I'll give you an example. Um, this is, again, 2008. Okay. Um, there's a thing. Uh, didn't, a lot of people didn't know about this until a couple of years ago. I was talking about it on a couple of podcasts. Okay. April 16th, 2008. Mm-hmm. Indiana. Okay. Indiana is a state that averages maybe uh, maybe three a week. Okay. 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 They're not really high in the hip parade. Okay. One day they uh, maybe, yeah, three a week, we'll say. Okay. Yeah. Daily average in the United States is about 23. And of course, there are spikes. Okay. okay? Now, if you go and look at a spike, most of the time, you'll, what you'll see is the same states that you looked at day before yesterday, before the spike, are there. The same 12 or 15 states, okay? And okay. you go in and you actually break it out and look at it. Each one of those states just had more sightings, okay? okay. And and then there might be one or two other states in there with onesie twosies type of thing. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. 23 a day is the average in the United States, daily average, very consistent. Okay. On that particular day, there were 60 sightings. Okay. Okay. So I did a breakout and I expected to see the, 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 the usual suspects. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Indiana, a state that averages maybe three or four in a week had 25 in one day. Oh, wow. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And when I broke into it, it's this cluster. Since it, the clusters of these have since been called the Kokomo lights. Okay. I have okay. not heard of the Kokomo lights. That's in- interesting. Okay. okay. So there are the. So here's the deal: the places people say, "Oh yeah, out here in Indian Valley, we see UFOs all the time." It's mostly folklore. They've had okay. a few sightings, and everybody talks it up, and it seems like it's bigger than it is. Okay. I understand. I've had probably upwards of 23, 25 TV producers come to me over the years. They, if you notice, nobody's done a documentary with me yet. Not yet, right? Not yet. No, 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 no. I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> Producing. Hey, I came from the television industry myself. I produced industrial films for IBM for six years. Well, there we, okay. Okay. Back early in my career. I, I'm, a, I'm a trained television producer. I produced my own series in 1991 to 1992, 70 episodes. Okay. Wow. So I, I've been there. I, that's a funny, funny part of my past. Okay. Yeah. And I can't tell you where the bodies are buried, but you know, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay that's a joke. Okay. But the bottom line is, uh, the TV producers, they want to know Cheryl, we want you to show us where the hot spot is, that place where you can almost set your clock by it. Like they show up like a bus schedule. There's got to be some place here in the United States where the UFOs show up every day. And if we go there, get on top of a building, aim our cameras in all the directions and sit there and wait for it, we can do that. Okay. And I tell them, um, eh, that's not so easy. Okay. I can send you to the hottest zip code in the country. Eight five zero zero one. Write that down, kids. 
zip code eight five zero zero one downtown phoenix arizona that is the number one zip code in that 20-year period and they had uh, 1,500 more sightings than the next closest zip code. That's huge. Okay? That's a huge, yeah. Now, it blows the whole idea out of the water. Of Amer- they're Maricopa County, which is the number two county in the United States for sightings. Okay? So when you talk about the fact that Arizona had all those sightings many years ago and the Arizona lights and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, they're kind of high in the hip rate. Now, the number one county in the United States is Los Angeles County. Now, people call me up all the time, but they got all the city lights and all that. You move away from downtown city Los Angeles and get 10 minutes out into the burbs, you can see the sky. You can't see it like you see it out in the desert, but you can see the sky. Yeah. Okay. The light pollution drops off significantly. If you go up into the mountains around L.A., it's even better. Okay. There's even songs out there that say, if you get drive above the city lights. Eh. Okay. There we go. Okay. So um, Los Angeles County is the number one county in the United States. The city, actually, the downtown city only ranks about number 25. But downtown Phoenix is the number one zip code in the country. Even there, if you look at it on a day-to-day basis, Mm -hmm. they only average five or six a month. Hmm. So, yeah, that's not much at all. If you're going to sit there and burn up the executive producer's black card, you know, black credit card, (laughs) with four camera crews on on a penthouse on top of some hotel waiting for these guys, you're going to be there a long time. Exactly. That's the number one place in the United States next to L.A. Okay, let me tell you the drivers. Now, here's the thing we learned. Mm -hmm. There are drivers. Every state, every location has drivers. There are also influencers and some influencers are in every place. Okay, but there's a set group of them quickly. Drivers, population. Okay, because a lot of people, a lot of people would be bunkers when I first started writing my newspaper column for the Syracuse New Times, New York Skies. Still available online, by the way. If you uh, check that out, everyone, check that out. Cheryl Costa, Syracuse New Times, you probably find most of my 230 articles. Okay. Um, Okay, population. Now, the debunkers say, Cheryl, it's all driven by population. Look at California. They got 42 million people, 38, 39. 40 million people there and they got most of the sightings. Yeah, but California's a strange animal. It's equivalent to three or four states on its own. It crosses nine lines of latitude. The climate changes. Okay. That's those are there's influencers there. So population, temperate weather. Okay, they got temperate weather. Leisure time. Hours of darkness. Now, the hours of darkness thing is a big is a major driver okay um i'm gonna i'm gonna i gotta pull this one out of my head here real quick yeah uh 80 percent of the sightings ha- roughly 80 75 80 percent of the sightings happen after um actually yeah it's about 70 percent of the sightings happen after six o'clock between six o'clock and 11 o'clock at night okay. with the peak of it of that starts at about five o'clock at night 
and goes up to about 1130 midnight and the peak of it, 60% of those sightings of the evening hours happen between 830 and 1030 at night. Okay. Now people, people ask, you know, wow, what is that about? You know, is the galaxy overhead? Nah, not that, not, not often. It's certainly not in the wintertime. Okay. Yep. You know, you know, it's a lot of weird things, but we'll get into it. Okay. So leisure time, hours of darkness and observer access to broadband. Okay. Let me give you, let me give you another number. There's a hundred and three, there's three, uh, 3,550 counties in the United States, give or take. There's sometimes they're combining counties. Sometimes they liquidate it one and absorb it into another one, that type of thing, but roughly about 3,530 counties. Okay. 2001 to 2020. Only 105 counties did not report UFOs. 3,030 counties reported UFOs in that 20 year period. Now that rattled some people in Larry Burkhart's office. Congressman Burkhart's office. I sent them a 17 page technical report about a month ago and uh, there's nothing but silence. Even my contacts in his office said it's been really quiet since that report got here. Fantastic. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Yes. I may end up testifying before Congress. I, yeah, we want to see that. We want to see that. I want to hear that. that. I want to see that. Okay. Because you know why that book is pink? I, I was interested in the color. Yeah. Why, why pink? The usual, okay. What we call the usual suspects. These are our lobbyists in DC, mm-hmm. Steve Bassett and a bunch of other people that are down there. They called me up in 2019. We, none of us knew COVID was coming. We knew at that time Rubio was working in the background, was going to put a bill in that would force Congress to have congressional hearings. And who knew it would be, he was going to attach it to like a continuing spending bill or a military spending package. Who knew it was going to be the COVID thing, you know? <laughs> okay. But it got passed. Okay. That's the deal. Okay. So we got off the phone. They said, you girls, Linda, you and Cheryl, you are the two people who have done the statistical, not even blue book did this. Would you be willing to testify for Congress? I said, Hey, former two service military person here, combat veteran. I, so sure, if, if if called out, I'll I'll testify. And Linda said, uh, wait a minute. We were both government contractors our entire 30 years in DC. You work your whole career trying not to have to testify before Congress. <laughs> okay. So we're going, okay, yeah, all right. If, if called, we'll serve. Okay, fine. We got off the call. We're having yep. we ser- we have um British tea in this household late day. Okay. So we were having our tea and crumpets. And I says, let's imagine what it'd be. Maybe these congressional hearings be like on C-SPAN or something like that. You know, and we, we'd been to DC. We'd been to many of these things, watch, you know, a whole bunch of guys up there being the high panel, got big thick books in front of them and things like this, you know, reports yeah. and things. And he said, they'll be flipping through things. We want them to know this book was published by a couple of women. Okay. Uh, we made a bright that's... fuchsia. You can flag an aircraft with this thing. Okay. <laughs> All right. And, I, now I understand. Now I understand. Okay. The other thing is um, we dedicated it to Coral O'Brens, who was the first person to actually formally start gathering data back in the 50s with her group, APRO, which was a predecessor to MUFON. Okay. 
So, um, so th- that gives you the sense of it. Let me finish these up. I gave you the drivers, population, temperate weather, leisure time, hours of darkness, and observer access to broadband. Those 105 states, mostly rural, mostly farming states, don't have rural broadband. Okay. And that another reason we need rural broadband, broadband so people have ease to report what they see. Mm-hmm. Plus the industry, mining, oil, gas, uh, agriculture needs rural broadband and they need it in the last century. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, now, and, and, and that makes sense though, as well, because perhaps they're looking for answers and they go online, you know, find some answers and then they, you know, feel more confident and not feeling isolated and then submit their, their, uh, their visual, <laughs> I don't know, their experience. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the, yeah. The North and South Dakota are rock. They're the, they're the anchor clankers, uh, number 49 and number 50. Okay. So that gives you an idea. All right. Okay, now the influencers, not every state has these influencers, but the ones that do, um, it's a significant issue. Proximity to large bodies of water. Now, UFOologists have known that for a long time, okay? But I'll give you an example. When the White Book came out, I was on a radio show one night. We were in a commercial break. This was terrestrial radio. I had the book laying out, and I did. we had put a a, um, census map in the book with arrows pointing at each of those states with what their totals were for that 2001 to 2015 timeframe. And I'd never really looked at it. I built the thing in a hurry. I just hadn't really studied my own stuff. Fair enough. And I, I got looking at it and I noticed that the states that touched the great lakes had sightings in the many thousands over the 20 years, moved two states away and it was in the low hundreds. People wrote me, said, wait a minute, California, Florida, Texas. But Cheryl, Texas has twice the population of Florida. I said, yeah, and Florida has 1,200 miles of coastline, and Texas has 450, approximately. Okay, duh. So there's a lot of these little things that make sense, but not every place. Okay, so proximity to bodies of water. My colleague, Tom Conwell, you should have him on sometime. He's a paranormal guy too. And uh, he, he took, he started sticking pins in this massive map he put on the wall. Okay. Okay. Plasterboard wall, all the pins he stuck in it. They had to replace the plasterboard and destroyed the wall. <laughs> but okay. He tracked out the UFOs. They seem to be haunting our toxic waste areas. So if you want a regular place to catch up with UFOs, Go to a, a go to a super fun site and you'll probably see a lot of them. Wow. Okay. okay. The other one is they 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 there's there's a tendency to hang around geological faults, the calderas, okay. the volcanoes, the meridian yeah. fault, the uh, Madeira, uh, the uh, Madeira, and it was a um, meridian. I think it's called the. Um, bear with me, tongue tied yeah. here. Um, uh, the the meridian fault goes through the central part of the United States. Okay. Okay. They like that. They hang around there. And guess what? Uh, let's see. Summer before last, I was sitting here every morning working on something. And every now and then I'd hear they'd get on and, and there were a lot of earthquakes in, in South Carolina. Now South Carolina only ranks number 26 of all the States, but every time they said the County, I would look it up. That was one of the peak counties in South Carolina. Wow. 
they hang around the geological falls. They seem to be innate, these, this culture of UFO people, they say, one, they seem to be anthropologists, they seem to be scientists, and they seem to be a bit of a nanny culture for us. They seem to be looking out for our, 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 ourselves. Okay, so water, toxic ecosystems. Oh, oh, babe, oh for, before you think, no, I've got the address for all 55 nuclear power plants in the country, and no, they're not hanging out there. Okay. okay. Nuclear yeah, power that, that plants aren't in a slant. Okay. I was trained in nuclear uh, nuclear oper- nuclear reactor operations in the Navy. Believe me, it's it's regulated. Okay. Yeah. Now, what they are interested in, again, is and talking to Lou Alessandro, he sort of confirmed it with me. They're interested in our advanced technology, aka nuclear weapons. So if you want to follow them, are they following around all the military bases in the country? No. After the Cold War, most of the bases in the central part of the United States uh, downgraded to reserve and Air National Guard kind of bases. Okay. Yeah. Only the active bases and only the ones that have nuclear technology in their stockpiles there, like Navy bases with the fleet. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they haunt our fleet a lot more than we're hearing about. Okay, in those all those videos that came out with Jeremy Corbell a couple of years ago, that yep. was kind of proving what that deal was. Okay, all right. Now the last the, the last two drivers are um, uh, uh, influencers. I hope I'm not boring anybody. Not a, you're not boring me. I, I love these statistics because this is the nitty gritty. This is the stuff that we don't hear. You know, this is what the this is what the numbers and the science will tell you. Yes, and, I find it fascinating. And Linda and I have sat here over tea going. Wow, do you really think it's like that? You know, <laughs> the numbers don't lie, you know? Okay. Um, high media reports. And this is something that Project Blue Book identified. Give me an example. You have a sighting report. It gets in the paper like on Tuesday. And then Wednesday and Thursday, there, there seems to be another flood of reports in the newspapers and that kind of thing. Okay. Now, back in the Project Blue Book days, they thought this was copycat reporting okay and we sort of studied it we couldn't do it with the MUFON data we had but we were able to do it with national ufo reporting center because the, their stuff is up you know within two weeks of they, they upgrade they put their stuff up every two weeks yeah so okay so you go you go back to one of these peak periods so i remember i told you like um in the in, uh, indiana um uh, uh that uh April 16th, 2008. Yeah. Yep. I looked at, there's about, I found about a hundred of those kinds of places over 20 years. Okay. So I went and looked those events up and then you would see the report in the newspapers, in the television stuff, found the stuff online. Okay. Here it is. And then if you looked at like New Fork data, you saw additional sighting as a peak of sightings coming out of that location over the next couple of days. Was it copycat sightings? A little bit. People said, oh, yeah, I saw that thing too. But most of it was people said, oh, it was in the paper, National UFO Reporting Center. Maybe I should report that one from 20 years ago or two months ago or four years ago. It was immensely an amount of retro reporting. Uh, Interesting. I was was assuming that perhaps it was spurring people to actually, oh, there was a UFO sighted and then gives them you know, a little bit of drive to maybe start looking, uh, you know, trying to see if they can see anything. I wonder if that has any. That too, that too. Okay. But the vast majority that I track on what I call these, these um, mm-hmm. unusual uh, hotspots, 
whenever there was a spike and it made it got and it got some well, a region, re, usually gets regional press it didn't always bubble up to the national wires okay and that's where the control is there's people up there's only six country, uh, six companies own all the media in the country okay <laughs> yes and there seems yeah. to be some policies about not talking about this stuff okay yeah so it may it may be on the local stations it may be on your county stations it may be on the statewide stations but it may not get up on the national wires not like it did back in the 40s and 50s yeah okay and and again i'm a newspaper person i kind of know how that works okay the last thing that is an influencer is called the generational effect okay and this is still a theory we haven't Hundred percent confirm this, but we see this. We've seen this in two of the major sites, and actually about three or four. But two that we can talk about. Okay, let's take the generational effect. Back in L.A., Grandpa told us about the Battle of L.A. in February 1942 or 41, whatever. And he says maybe if we look up, we'll see something. Okay, go to go to Phoenix, Arizona, Maricopa County. Mom and dad told us about the Phoenix lights back in 97. Maybe if we look up, we'll see something. There's a cultural precedent that's happened before. Maybe it will happen again. Interesting. Okay. Now, this is let me fascinating. Give, fascinating. Let me give you some high statistical numbers here. Your, your audience. For sure. Okay. Let's do it. Okay, kids, get your pencils out and a piece of paper. <laughs> You're going to want this. You're going to want this. You can dazzle your friends, you know. Better yet, buy the book. But yeah, exactly, exactly. Let me, let me. What I don't have in front of me right now to show you, what we did during um, during twenty twenty one. Back in twenty twenty, when I was working on putting this book out, people were dropping me mails. Says Cheryl, yeah, you go down to the county level, but can't you go down to the village level? We'd like to know what's going on here. We in twenty. I think it was July of twenty twenty. Again, I was sitting there on my dining room table with nothing better to do. And I, I went ahead and ran a report all the way down to the zip code and village level. If we had, we had to make it into a PDF so we could see how many pages it'd be. If we had tried to print it, it would have been a foot and a half thick. It would have been equivalent to three Oxford dictionaries stacked up, <laughs> a foot and a half thick. Nobody would print a thing like that. It would have been like a Gutenberg Bible for UFOs, you know? <laughs> exactly. uh, so we couldn't do that. So I decided, I said, why don't I just do a single book for every single state? We'll take all our best research work that we had in the pink book, okay? All our papers, the first half of the book is our papers, what we've learned, looking at the data. We wrote these paper, scientific papers up. That would be that. And then the other part would be state level, county level, and then within each county, right down to the city, village, and hamlet level, and by and ranked by county, zip code, village, cities, and villages, and their volumes. Okay? Linda didn't even think I could do it. She said, yeah, you'll never be able to do it. She stood up in front of a couple of conventions. I don't believe she'll ever be able to pull this off. That would but, take, you know, you got to be very meticulous for something like this. Well, okay. In college, I took a course called methods engineering. Even though I wasn't an engineer, I took methods engineering. And methods engineering is what you classically hear is that back in the old manufacturing days, the time study guy that came around timed every every stitch you put in that pair of pajamas or uh, how long it takes you to put a wheel on a car on an assembly line, you know, all that kind of stuff. Measurements of what it take t- took to make things. Okay. Okay. 
All right. So I thought about it and I said, you know, we're going to publish half the book with our papers. Then the other thing that's in front of the book is the entry pages, um, the table of contents, the, the copyright pages. That's called a verso. Okay. That stuff. That's only about eight or 10 pages. And then the stuff for the state would be a smaller volume of stuff ranked a certain way. Okay. And I figured out how to build, since we were building this stuff, we weren't sitting down with word and putting it together in word. Yeah. We were building this stuff in PDFs, Adobe PDFs. Okay. So I could sit here and generate, I had I got a rainy day. I could sit here and just generate the versos, everything short of the ISBN number for every single, all 50 books. I was able to sit down and tab, uh, make 50 copy. I made one PDF. They had all of our papers in it. Okay. Had that. And then I started building the individual states, which was straightforward. It was a couple, a cu a couple of spreadsheet type of things ranked a yeah. certain way, burn them into a PDF. Okay. And then put some extra charts and graphs and things like that. But again, I already had that stuff from the pink book. The numbers hadn't changed. Just kind and, of reorganization, kind of uh, just restructuring everything. I had them all built. It was like Perfect. stacking. It was like stacking boxes. And then you yeah. just, it merged to PDF and just have one big PDF. And I didn't do that until Linda had registered it on, on um, uh, Amazon, got me a PDF number. Okay. So I put them all together and said, Linda, here they are. They're done. So we put Ohio up first. We did it uh, again. This is the mystical person. Okay. I'm a witch. I'm a card carrying witch. I'm a former Buddhist nun and I'm an ordained Buddhist yogini. Okay. I'm a magical person. Okay. So why Ohio first? Well, we live here. Oh, there we go. Okay. We moved from New York state to Ohio, um, um, uh, 2021, December 20, December 16, okay. 2021. We, we were sitting here on card tables and card chairs, you know, uh, <laughs> with our bot, we, we packed all of our, our apartment in bankers boxes instead of big packing boxes. The place was two layers of boxes deep floor to ceiling it looked like a container ship in here that's how we spent christmas okay all right now so the deal is this we built we we built ohio i had ohio built she got the, she registered in amazon that takes about a half an hour she registered on amazon i put the pdf information or the um uh, virtual information the isbn number that kind of thing put that in there made it into one file she uploaded it built the cover using stock covers from Amazon. Okay. Perfect. We wrote down what we learned. Okay. A couple of a week later, we did Michigan. Okay. The week after that, we did five. Stepping it up, stepping it up. She built one every day and then we up, we uploaded them all the same day. Okay. Wow. Did this for about an, a, another couple of weeks. Yeah. Yep. For me, the objective was to do it in one magical period between Halloween and winter solstice. Okay. Yep. I, and that's a six week window. Got down where I had 20 left, 20 states left to do. I said, Linda, are you up to 10? I gave her, I told her the next 10. And there were a mix of states. It wasn't any, but we weren't playing choosies with anybody. Yeah. And okay, Ohio and Michigan, Ohio's uh, number uh, eight in the country. Michigan wasn't 
too much different than that. Um, we wanted to do Michigan because we we're going to be speaking in Michigan. We'd hope to have some books with us, but it didn't work. Yeah, it, it's enough. a good good play kind of thing. Yeah, it's kind it, of yeah, it, it was a hope. Yeah. And the Ohio one, we got to figure out, test out that first thing. Again, what are you hearing in my mouth? Learn. I, we're, we used to be government contractors. Okay. She was for a comp- worked for a company who loaned out degreed high-level librarians to run government libraries. It was all contracted out. Okay. And I worked for Lockheed Martin for 32 years. Oh, wow. Okay? That, that's fascinating. Okay, nothing to do with Skunk Works. I, I worked for the ah. IT division, and the IT, except for five <laughs> years, I made industrial films for them. Okay. Yeah. Again, I was a producer. We can always hope. We can always hope that there's some uh, some information for the Skunk Works coming through. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, there probably is, but it, it is buried. I'm, and yeah. people ask me about Skunk Works. I, I don't even know the address. I don't even know where they are. <laughs> you know, I know they're out. I think they, I think they're a couple of blocks from where uh, Jimmy Church lives, but that's the best I know. Okay. All right. So what happened? Uh, I gave her the 10. She put them up. And about the middle of December, she put the last 10 up. We did all 50 state books and they're named the same thing. UFOs in California and where to find them. UFOs in Ohio and where to find them. We kind of plugged into that fantastic beast and where to find them kind of hook, you know? Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And the only thing that was different between the books is we colored the books based on the, the, the book cover. It's the same kind of book cover. It's actually, it's a, like a cross, uh, a cross pattern picture from like a cross pattern from a, if you cut a tree and you got to look at, at it yep. from the yep. thing. Okay. We found that it was stock, but we had, we could run a range of colors. So what we did was we colored the books that were from any one, there were four, um, census regions. So the northern northeast region, we made powder blue. It's cold up there. Middle middle of uh, 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 lower south, we made orange. Hey, Florida orange, right? Yeah. The Midwest green, and the the west coast mountain region and out into the Pacific, we made purple. Okay, so if you just by looking at the color, it, it's from your census region. Okay? Yeah. And um, that was how we did that. So the bottom line was we put out 50 books in a period of 18 months, and we actually published them all in a period of six weeks. Wow. That is, okay. and nobody that is, that is insane. That is insane. <laughs> and, and if you go up there, if you go up, if you go, Cheryl, if you just say Cheryl, uh, Cheryl Costa UFO, mm-hmm. you'll get slammed with these books, and you'll see a lot of them got four and five stars on them. And some yeah, of the ones perfect. where you see only – two or three stars we got hate mail well we bought that book and there was no sightings in there from our town you know well no one reported it's not our fault it's not (laughs) our fault that you you, people didn't uh, report anything from there yeah exactly exactly but but there were people that held it against us that we didn't there was something wrong with the book because they didn't have ufos there so yeah okay now let me give you the big numbers yeah 167th i'm i'm uh, Top of my head. I did this the other day at church because our <laughs> minister did a sermon about Betty and Barney Hill. Oh, interesting. He said, really? with all this stuff going on in UFOs, we in the spiritual community need to talk about our neighbors next, uh, elsewhere. 
Mm-hmm. We're supposed to, God told us to love our neighbors. Well, they're our neighbors too, you know, that kind of thing, you know? And I'm that's like, the kind I'm, of minister. That's the kind of minister I want to listen I'm to. I'm a pagan chaplain over there. I was honored. And he came to us just before he went up on up the, up on the pulpit. He yep. came over to us and says, I'm going to mention you guys. I said, oh, Jesus, here we go. You know, <laughs> you know, there was one of the few places they didn't know we wrote UFO books, you know. <laughs> Um, uh, it's, uh, Unit- out of the bag now. it's a yeah. Unitarian church, you know, they're great. Uh, there bunch. we go. Yeah. And I'm their pig. I'm their pagan chaplain, you know, so oh. yeah, I, I, uh, this is great. Cool. I, I even, even have a clergy badge and everything, you know, <laughs> so I, that gets me in the hospitals. You know? <laughs> uh, there we go. <laughs> and yeah. Okay. Wait a minute. They're a Unitarian church. You got to You yeah. got to understand this Unitarian church, but you notice it has, has the icon of Isis on there. Yes. Or as I the Egyptians that. call her as set. Okay. I am a priestess of a set. I work for a sky goddess. Okay. So okay. all right. 167,632 UFO sightings between 2001 to 2020 reported in the United States. Now okay. remember how big that number is. Yeah. If you got a calculator, set it out on the table. You're gonna want you're gonna want to run a number in a couple of minutes. 167,632. Okay. Okay. Hold on one second. I'm going to do this. So 100, let's do this. 167,632. Okay. And that's between MUFON and New Fork. Okay. okay. We got All it. All right. Roughly that breaks down to about 8,381 a year. Let's just say 8,400 for round numbers per okay. year for the United States. These are U.S. numbers only. In case you got international listeners, about 700 a month, about 161 a week, and about 23 a day on average. Okay. Now, um, the skeptics, Cheryl, they can't all be real. The guy who was the manager of the Staples, where I used to go get pieces run off because I didn't want to burn up the cartridge on my printer. Okay. Cheap. You know, it's cheaper to get on the staples. You'll know, use their customer ink. Of course. Uh, okay. So he said, he said to me, Cheryl, you did take out all the kooks, nuts, and crackpots, right? And I said, how was I supposed to do that? I said, tell you what, I'm going to do it a different way. I said, look, Ralph, I can do it differently. He said, what do you mean? I said, what if I took some off? He says, Okay. How many you can do? I said, that's the question. How many do I do? Okay. Well, he thought five, maybe 10%. I said, I'll do you one better. Why don't we throw 70% away and only keep 30% of the sightings? Does that feel more palatable to you? Oh God, Cheryl. Yeah. That, that, yeah, boy, that makes them really rare. Okay. So. 30% 30% of the 167,632 works out to about 167,000. I'm sorry. Stop. Wrong. Long day. Okay. Yeah, 30% okay. of the 167,000 works out to about 50,000 a year. 50,289 for, uh, for 20 years. Okay. okay. 50,000 for 20 years. About 2,500 a year about 210 a month, about four a week. Okay. Now think of what that means. This is the United States. Now, if 30% of the real thing 
Don't you think it's Pratt's worthy that we've got 210 starships a month, every month for the last 240 months of 20 years coming to the United States? <laughs> when you when you say it like that, it actually adds more, it's got more power to it, you know, more oomph as well, right? Oh, you want to know when I scare the editors out of the room? That's when I, that's when I, so, but, but then they say, Cheryl, they can't get here from there. Okay, but okay, first thing, okay, they can't get here from there. They're thinking that galaxy or that solar system, uh, 200, billion, 200 light years away or 5,000 light years away. Yeah, in this space, they can't get here. Recent developments out of the CERN laboratories over in Europe, they have figured out how to do it. 20-minute drive into the fifth-dimensional bulk produced by some very exotic particles that they've been able to produce at that big collider. Yeah. 20 minutes into the bulk, we would wink out here and we would wink out within range of Alpha Centauri. 20-minute trip for a 50,000-year trip. And that science is being worked on presently. Okay, now people say, well, how did the grays get here? The circle thing, they, they were 39 light years away. And it took them nine months to get there. That's a nine-month trip into the bulk to go 39 light years. These guys are doing this in other doing this travel in other dimensions. Okay. I agree. So this agree is totally. interdimensional travel. There's also subdimensions like here. Well, out of it's local right here. When we set off the nukes back in 1945, suddenly we had a flurry of UFOs. Where did they come from? Did they come from outer space or did they come from inner space? Did we blow out there in the desert detonating those weapons or did we blow a hole in somebody else's universe? Notice that all they, they have discovered all this compartmented security stuff right now that they're testifying about. Yeah. That stuff that should have been declassified in 50 years. And I used when in the Navy, I was in intelligence, and yeah, stuff is supposed to be declassified after 20 years. Supposed to be. I went to try and write some stuff about what I did in the Navy, and the Pentagon told me it won't be declassified till 50 years after I'm dead. So <laughs> not everything follows that rule. But most of the stuff they're hiding with the UFOs and anything to do with extraterrestrial contact, they've hidden in the atomic energy regulations and compartmentalizations. And the rules are different there because they don't ever expire. Okay. Yeah. Now, isn't that interesting that gee whiz, um, we might be blowing holes in other people's reality that are just heartbeat away dimensionally. Okay. Think about that a minute. So and that makes a whole bunch more sense about how they're getting here. Now, let me give you one more set of numbers. You'll like this. Okay. Remember that 167,632? I haven't forgotten. The, the hardcore skeptic. Sure. They gotta be rarer than that 210 you're talking to me about. Okay. What if I throw 99% away? 99%. 1% for that 20-year period is 1,676 for 20 years, about 84 per year, or about 7 per month. 7 per month for 240 months of 20 years. 
that's still newsworthy. And that's when they stop talking to me on the phone and hang up at the newspaper offices. <laughs> I scared the living snot out of them. Of course. Yes. Okay. So at this point, I am open to your questions. Short of my ATM pin and what I did in the Navy, I, I will answer your questions as honestly as I can. Where do I begin? Where do I begin? So how, well, first how thing, did you... Don't, uh, go yeah. ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Okay, Let me say one more thing. <laughs> yes, one more dude. thing with this. People, I've had very polite mail and very hostile mail. Cheryl, and they pass this thing to let people that got security violation, security oaths. You know, are you going to testify? You have an obligation to testify. You have an obligation to the human race to testify. When I never worked on that stuff in the military, worked on a lot of other screwy stuff. Okay. And I won't say it. Um, I, I, there, there, I, I have, I still have boundaries. Okay. okay. So there's boundaries. Okay. Uh, and yet I won't tell you what those boundaries are. Okay. We won't push them. We won't push them. <laughs> yet I will not do that. Okay. Okay. Um, but the bottom line is this. Um, I just lost my train of thought. What was I going to tell you? Um, oh, oh where, where were we going? Okay. If you look at this topic matter, from the idea of like we were talking like the atomic energy things and things like this that's the very real possibility okay mm -hmm. now here's that number remember i told you that with 30 percent, it was 210 a month might be the real yep. thing yeah and i said even the one percent was still seven a month okay Take the, okay, kids, take the 167,632 and put it in your calculator. 167,632. Times that by 257 and hit, hit equal. We have 43,081,424. Yeah, because only... One two hundred fifty-seven people reports what they see. We figured that statistic out, and you know how we figured it out. You know the ONDI reports. Uh, you know they were talking. Oh, well, we had like five hundred sightings, but only this percentage worked out to anything. Well, funny thing that that, that number. I kind of. I think I got that ONDI thingy right here. That number was very very close to the. We had done, some, people were coming to me for a long time, the last couple of years. Saying, Cheryl, what percentage do you think are real? I said, 5%. 5%. I was going to throw, if, if I was going to say a number feels comfortable, throw 95% of the sightings away for all the reasons they say uh, uh, people were drunk, people uh, people were curlers, you know, uh, they were smoking dope. Uh, they were, they were uh, seeing spots on the windshield of their car, you know, what, yeah. all the reasons you ever hear. Okay. All right. If it was that, it would be about 4,914 for 5%. Uh, now it would be 4,914 for 20 years, 4, 000, almost 5,000. It would be about 2,500 a year, and it would be about 210 a month and about 47 a week. Okay. So that's what that comes down to. 
And we kept cranking that back against the combined numbers, MUFON and New Fork. Now, we know some people get on Facebook and tell their friends, but they don't go, well, you don't, we're not going to go out to one of those reporting centers. We know the government's looking right back at the computer on us. And that's what we hear all the time. Yeah. So we know some number. We couldn't make that number work. We couldn't make the 167,632 work with the fact that another another number that was given to us was that a Gallup poll and also I say it was um it was a poll done by Fox and then Gallup backed it up two years later. They said uh 16.74% of adult Americans say they've seen a UFO. Well Adult Americans, and we went into census records and looked at census records, started playing with the numbers, and just nothing fit. So we built, we went to every single state's census numbers, figured out what their 16% of adult numbers were. Okay. And we ended up building a bell curve. Okay. On one end, it was one in 450 people, roughly. Uh, one in 450 people reported what they see. On the other end of the spectrum, was one in about 125, 150 people. Okay? Okay. At the top of the, the, the bell, it was about 250, 257 in that range. That's how you came up with that number. Okay. Yes. That was the first swag on it. And then when I read an ONDI report and then a report that was done by, by Blue Book, they had similar numbers for like a ratio of five, four or 500. They couldn't explain and, you know, this percentage might be real. Okay, fine. I started working the numbers. I kept seeing a common baseline there and it kept coming out to around 5%. Yeah. So I said, okay, 5%. That's Cheryl Costa's swag on it. Five percent. Okay, I may be hundred percent wrong, but to some degree, then I've got the best mathematical models of anybody in the country. So I mean, yeah, I feel comfortable. You got the work. numbers. You you got a lot of numbers to back you. Yeah, I've got the numbers, and that's the goofy thing about that is I've got the numbers. But remember, I flunked math all through high school. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I um. It, to those people, I've got a nice deep voice. I'm a transsexual woman. I'm a, a trans woman. <laughs> it's old news. I changed 35 years ago. Yeah. Okay. Boy, I was a sweet looking babe back then too. Trust me. Hot <laughs> as hell. Okay. <laughs> These days, the 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 the, the mammillaries, they're, they're like dowsing rots. You know, like point down, you know. But I'm 72 <laughs> years old next month, for God's sakes, you know. So, all right. Um, so the, the the deal on all of this is when I was going through all the screening they do for this stuff, yep. I graduated in the lower quarter of my high school class. My guidance counselors wrote me off as somebody who just needed to basically learn how to push a broom at some factory. Okay. Nobody realized until I got in the Air Force, I was dyslexic. Oh. And I hadn't matured to handle mathematics. Funny how I matured. Okay. Yep. All right. So Hopkins runs me through a set and I came up with this 140 IQ kind of thing. Hey, you should be a member of Mensa, you know, that kind of thing. Yep. Uh, a couple of years, uh, a year, about a year or two later, the um, uh, government, when I was working for Lockheed, the government uh, tried to take my clearance away. Because I, I was still sort of like 50% in the closet. I was, 
Cheryl outside of work, you know, but what's his mm-hmm. name at work, that type of thing. Yeah. And um, I don't dead name myself. And uh, so uh, they said, well, we think you can be blackmailed. Government guy. I said, well, could you give me two? We're going to turn off your clearance. I said, um, could you give me three weeks? I think I can fix it. Said, we don't think you can fix it, but we'll come back in three weeks. We'll turn off your clearance then. Yeah. He comes back three weeks later. Remember, I'm still Miss White Shirt and Tie, but my hair is permed. My eyebrows have gotten thinner. I got double pierced ears and I wear a little mascara every day, but I was still a white shirt and tie person. Okay. We were in the IBM division. It was stock. It was something that's how you dressed. I came up and came to him and says, Hey, I fixed it to a VHS tape on the desk. His big complaint. Nobody at work knew what I was. I said, I was trying to be professionally discreet for God's sakes, you know? Yeah. He says, well, what's this? I said, I'm the blonde on Phil Donahue. I'm the redhead on Gary Collins. And I'm going to be on, uh, what was that other guy? Um, I can't remember his name now. Um, but uh, a guy just said there, his jaw went down on his chest. He goes, you came out on national television? Yeah, and I can't be blackmailed. I made VHS copies, gave them to all the guys <laughs> in the office. They took them home. They watched them with their wives. Everybody knows. You know? <laughs> And he just sat there and shook it. That's a great move. That 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 was like checkmate. Yeah. That is you can only be blackmailed if you're closeted about it. Okay, this is about 80, 84, 85 time frame. So uh I get a letter from them a week later, DOD stationary. Well, we agree with you. You really can't be blackmailed for your visibility anymore. We question the the, the validity and the, the saneness of going and outing yourself on national television. We want you to talk to a Department of Defense certified psychiatrist. If you don't agree, we will turn off your clearance immediately. I wrote back, sure, happy to do it. Uh, please make sure this psychiatrist has sex and gender background because yeah. a lot of psychiatrists didn't. And they would say, there's no such thing as transsexuals. Okay. Yeah. There's, there's brilliance up there in those, those, those ranks. So they sent me some to see this guy down in, um, down in uh, DC. Okay. Remember this is 85 people could still smoke in their office. Right. Of course. So, yeah. so he's uh I get in there, the guy talks to me for 20 minutes. I show him I'm a columnist in a trans transsexual magazine, you know, yep. and all this stuff. And he says, Yeah, okay. He says he sits back in his chair, lights up a smoke, sits back there, and he says, Cheryl, he says, You're saner than the people who sent you here. <laughs> he says, I'm gonna have to still send you out for a full set of psychologicals. I said, I just had a full battery up at Hopkins. He says, Ah, let's do another set on their dime for God's sakes, you know. So they sent me over to see it. A couple of weeks later, test results come back. Perfectly healthy woman took this test and she should be a member of Mensa. There we go. Transsexuals are not insane. We're usually very much higher intelligence than the average person. Who knew? Okay. But that's because we get two sets of intelligence running around in this <laughs> chicken soup. Okay. Okay, I will take I will take your questions. <laughs> okay, I only got a couple. I only okay. got a couple. I, I know we're getting uh, to the I time know, there. I so know. why UFOs? How did you get into UFOs? Like you, you jumped in, you know, right into the deep end and you've got so much information. But why UFOs? That was the other closet. Oh, okay. So my first UFO. Uh, 
1965. I was about 12 years old. Okay. Uh, it was about three, four weeks before school started after Labor Day. Okay. Um, wet season. Corn was higher than our, our Chevy Impala. We were up visiting an uncle on his farm. Coming down off the hill on a dirt road, Sunday afternoon, facing west, we got about halfway down the hill. This is upstate New York. So, you know, got halfway down the hill. Mom said, stop. Dad pulled over a minute. She pointed out clear blue sky parked out there like a rock with a, a sphere. Okay. Show you how big it is. Hold your arm out and look at your little fingernail. That's how big it was. Okay. Ballpark. Okay. Yep. And uh, mom sat there and I said, mom, what is it? She said, well, NASA was only a few years old at that point. Okay, maybe it's something NASA's doing. Maybe it's something the Air Force is doing. Maybe it's a weather balloon. Maybe it's people from another world. Your mom said that? My mom said that. Fantastic. Okay. That is great. Back when we were still talking. Uh, <laughs> I'm disowned and disinherited. So it um, happens. It happens. Yeah. Um, I can still, on the other hand, though, I can still pick up a telephone. I can call her, my 92-year-old mother. I can pick her up on the phone, call her up on the phone and say, hey, mom, I got a really good UFO sighting for you. Yes? Yeah, what? Otherwise, she doesn't want to talk to me. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so uh, that was that. We got down the bottom of the hill, drove off. It was still out there. Remember those big old Chevys? They had those big back windows, you know? Yes, and, yes, and so yes. I'm yes. up there in that window. Who are you guys? Who are you guys? You know? And when that thing decided to leave, I didn't see an effect like this until like the late 80s, early 90s with one of the first couple of Star Trek movies type of thing. A thing like that changes you. Yes. So suddenly, you know, you're 12, 13 years old. You're coming into your teens. Mom and dad are stupid. You know, you know, how that was, you know. Yep. So you're yep. sitting there with this whole thing. And suddenly mom and I started getting close and started talking. And we'd get books at the, at the at the library, or she'd buy them at the bookstore. Um, I was a boy in those days. I'd be at the barbershop, open Argus Lee magazine. Hey, a UFO thing, running across the street to the coffee place, you know, take it home, you know. Yeah. Um, that type of thing. Uh, when Von Danigan's book came out, our copy in the household, mom dog-eared on the top, I dog-eared on the bottom. We destroyed that book, you know. Um, so I was close to it. All right. Move ahead. Uh, that was... 10th of 11th grade. Okay. I graduate from, from high school. I go right into the air force. Okay. Lesser known thing. Yes. I'm a cleric now. Okay. Um, I was, I was that good little Catholic boy who went to mass every morning, every morning. Everyone thought I was the one, one of two or three people who were going to be a Catholic priest out of our school class. Okay. They turn. I was supposed to go to seminary after I graduated. Something happened. I was at dinner at the at the at the parsonage, and the senior pastor. Back in those days, Catholic churches had like four priests, and you know, usually the older guys. And there was like a guy right out of mon uh, monastery, out of um, seminary, you know, probably twenty five years old, something like that. You know, yeah. so I'd been down there washing the cars with him. Okay, you know, and um, they invited me in for supper. And something was on TV that made me cry. It was uh, something on news and showed some really sick people. Yeah. And I started crying. Okay. I was the boy who cried. 
And the uh, pastor with liquor on his breath told me, if you're going to be a priest, you're going to have to be tougher than that. So I just tried to roll with it. Okay, yeah, I, I get that, Father. No problem. He wouldn't let go of it. And I kept trying. He kept, I kept trying to get out of it with him. He wouldn't. We got Finally, I, it set me off, and we got into a knockdown, drag-out screaming match, and they pulled my sponsorship the next day. Wow. I was, I was in the Air Force eight weeks later. A volunteer for Vietnam. I'm going to make a man out of myself like, and die trying. You know, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. Uh, well, yes. that that was there were two things. One, they just he just took my life away. That was my attitude. Yeah. Okay? So I joined the Air Force. Yeah, you know, it's run away and join the circus, or run off and join the French Foreign Legion. I joined the Air Force. Okay, and I was there a year in Texas, and I said, I've got to settle this within myself. I I knew as a kid there was this feminine instinct yeah so i volunteered for vietnam i'm gonna i'm gonna go make a man of myself i'm gonna die trying and all i managed to do was my feminine instincts kept me out of trouble and i came back a decorated veteran with agent orange disease wow. I'm being treated for that three times a month over at the va so ah funny stuff but that's how we got into ufos in Christmas Eve, 1971, Cameron Bay, Vietnam. I'm walking down to Midnight Mass for something to do with a, a buddy of mine. We're walking down to Midnight Mass. They've got all the runway lights shut off at Cameron Bay. Okay, we're on a peninsula. It's like Cameron Bay. Everybody thinks Vietnam. They think jungles. Cameron Bay looked like Virginia Beach. It was all sand. Okay. And we were walking down there and the Western Sky, Taurus, you know, uh, that type of thing was in the sky. We saw this thing streaking across the sky. I said, oh, jet, you know, and it stopped. And my friend looked at me and he says, jets don't stop. I said, and helicopters don't fly that fast. And yeah. I said, if that's what I think it is, it's going to start dancing around like a fairy. <laughs> Neither one of us had our minds at midnight mass when we got there. I exactly, you. exactly. <laughs> So I didn't tell anybody that until about 15 years before I started writing my newspaper column in 2013. When I came out from under, I was retired out of Lockheed in 2011. The gloves came off. I was no longer, after 18 months, I was no longer, no longer under security clearance. 2011, 2013, two years later, yeah. I began writing a column. Very popular. It turned out to be the most popular column at the paper uh, about UFOs. Had international readership, and did did that for seven years. Two hundred and uh, two hundred and thirty eight articles. Okay. Yeah. And, and people say, "Wow, it must be fun to write a UFO column." I said, "It's an eight hundred word turn paper every Thursday." It's a lot. It. It's a lot it, of work. A, yes. Part of the reason I quit, I've got, I have a lot of other writing that I do now. I'm, I'm a yep. contract writer these days. And I was writing, I wrote for um, most of 2023 for the Roswell Daily Record. And I was having fun doing it. But that 800 words every Wednesday for them turned out to take me two days research time. So basically... I was only getting paid barely a hundred dollars for an article. And when you work that back against two days with the research time and with all the stuff that was happening, you know, people are coming out whistleblowers left and right. Uh, News nation putting these guys on almost immediately. I couldn't keep up with that. My paper didn't have the money to put me down there to cover the case. You know, there's no way I could keep up with it. Yep. 
I did, and my editor told me, he said, why don't you just write opinion pieces about it? I said, I'll try. But it, there was just so much going on. I couldn't keep my hands around it. It was, it was like, it was like, it was like sand going through my hands. So I, I just said, I can't do this anymore. Besides that, I'm, I'm, I, today, I spent all day today, right? I'm, I'm, I've got a, a ghost story. I'm due to deliver in about two weeks to a compilation uh, thing. I'm under contract to write. Yeah. Uh, I've got short stories I'm writing for other people, you know? So uh, contract later, it sounds like a lot of fun, but you busy, still have busy, to punch busy. a time clock. And I'm technically yes. retired, but I do it because I like it. Oh, that is fantastic, Cheryl. That is fantastic. But yeah, I got to come out of the closet with the UFOs. Now, what I didn't come out of the closet for, for the first seven or eight years, yes, I'm an experiencer. My earliest recollection of being touched by those um sorry um no, that's right was about five or six years old okay yeah and uh mom used to take 20 minutes to put you in one of those little bed suit kind of things with the little feet thingies and all that yep. kind of thing yeah took 20 minutes to get you into it and maybe another 10 minutes to get you out of it and they used to find me certain once in a while they would find me sleeping in bed without my suit okay uh had an incident when i was 14 yeah don't want to talk about it I'll tell you one thing. I'll tell you one thing. I don't want entering any, I don't ever want to see something on like 23andMe or, or Ancestry.com come up with the alleles that say I'm somebody's daddy. Because if it does, that person's a hybrid. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I completely understand that. I had, I, I, I had an interview with a, an experiencer and abductee and he talked about holding a baby that it was implied that the, you're 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 the father um and then i've I'm interviewed a, three women they, they got to hold their hybrid kids i am I'm, I'm going to be interviewing well uh her, her name is karen and she's going to be coming on um and she just finished writing a book uh, about this as well i the, her, her last name is just is escaping me right now but it's the same thing as well it like there are so many similarities and then i have a friend of mine um, and she, she's been scarred, you know, by, by these abductions as well. Um, and, uh, I've done a, an interview with her. We're going to continue doing these interviews because we've only just scratched the surface and I uh, had this to is take, very therapeutic. When Linda and I were courting, yeah. and it was starting to get serious. This is 20 years ago. Um, one Saturday morning, I made her breakfast and we sat down over coffee and breakfast. And I said, I got to tell you something. If this goes any further, you got to know this. I said, those guys have been touching me for a long time. So if you're around me all the time, you're going to find me getting up out of bed, sometimes black and blue. Jeez. Okay. And, uh, they haven't let up. And here we are. I'm at that point. I'm in my late forties, early fifties. Yeah. And she just said, okay. I said, what do you mean? Okay. She'd been a member of the international Freudian society for since the early eighties. She knew she, she, you pick somebody famous from the UFO community, uh, Stanton Friedman, and, um, uh, uh, John Keel, you know, all these kinds of guys. Just, yeah. I met all those guys, you know, so she was cool, you know, um, but it's, they don't let you go. And um, I don't see it as a negative experience like I used to. Yeah. Okay. And I even thought when I changed genders, all the things I might. figured they won't bother me anymore. Yeah. <laughs> nah. 
they're here like clockwork. They play with all the new electronics in the place. We come out in the morning and things have moved all over the apartment. Things go away, don't come back for a month. Next thing you know, you come back out there and sitting on the kitchen table for you. You know, I mean, and this is, I talked to uh, uh, Lynn Thompson and a couple other people. Hey, hijinks in the night, you know. So wow. there are certain people they, they, they have just decided they like and they're just, they just keep studying you. So that's all I can on. say. Wow, Cheryl, I, I really want to say thank you for your time. And that's a whole other topic. Like I would have, you know, maybe can, a, a time for time for another one. Back. We can future. talk yes. that topic manner. Invite me back. I'm a heart, a, a card carrying high, uh, a queen priestess. I'm a priestess of, of a set. Uh, I, and I, I lived all the time in the men, uh, in the uh, Buddhist monasteries. Uh, oh, I got UFO stories from the Buddhist monasteries from the other monks and things. So, I mean, I've got some cool stories from just the mystical side of my life. Have me back wow. to talk about mystical yes. stuff. Cheryl, you've been, you, you have some great energy too with you. You know, I, I like your, your, your high vibe and energy as well. And, and fantastic. Uh, you know, the research you've done is, is, you know, it's going to benefit everyone. And so, you know, tell our listeners and our viewers one last time where they can find. Okay. All Go to your, Amazon. Uh, Go to Amazon, put Costa, C-O-S-T-A, space UFO, and you will get hit slammed with all of our books. If you want to read something other than the UFO books that Linda and I published, just put Cheryl Costa and you will probably, you will get uh, some of my short stories, a couple of my published, produced, published and produced plays. Uh, there's a bunch of other stuff we put up there. And if you happen to be a witch, the number one selling book in 2023 was my book, Magical Musings of a Rogue Witch. Magical Musings of a Rogue Witch. Okay. Wow. You and have a the, plethora. You, you just have like this, this plethora, a library of books that you have written, you know? Wow. <laughs> so uh, right now it's a, it's a total of 53. You said we published it my, my, when the newspaper went under to uh, yeah. Circus New Times. I was always a subcontractor. So I owned all the articles. So the publisher let me come in and take the final edited versions off the server. Oh, great. And we have a book out there called um, uh, The UFO Beat. That was my beat, The UFO Beat. The UFO Beat. And and uh, we published all the articles in there. So that, that's got less numbers and is more, you know, stories and things like that. But it's a lot of fun. So we've got a total of 53 books on UFOs up on Amazon. And some of them are selling like hotcakes. So... Awesome. And I, I, I wish you all the success in the future. And I Thank definitely you. want to have you back again, Cheryl. Um, so we're going to say goodbye here right now for you. And then I'm just going to do a little bit of an outro. Okay. So, That's Vidanya. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you okay. so much. All right. That was Cheryl Costa. She wealth of information. I, I, I don't know. You know, she said she was a uh, failing math when she was younger, not failing math, but just making it. And now publishing all this statistics and, you know, turn everybody's heads with all this information. And it, it, it's really, really hits home when she starts to breaking it down, even if it's just 99% aren't real. If it's just the 1%, you still have, you know, X amount of starships coming into the United States. And when she says that it's starships, you know, that's what it is. And it, it, it kind of gives it a different, uh, it puts more, re it puts it more into like realistic reality. You know, instead of calling it a UFO, it's a starship. So with that, I'm just going to do a little bit of housekeeping one last time. 
click that like. Yeah. If you're new here, subscribe and have the bell hit for notifications to stay up to date on all the new content. All right. And so to all my listeners and viewers, keep your curiosities wandering and always keep the light lit. I look forward to our next adventure together as we navigate the mysteries that lie ahead. Until our paths cross again, keep your curiosity wandering and ensure the light remains lit. <laughs>